Welcome to Experience This, the podcast that celebrates remarkable customer experiences and inspires you to stand out from the competition by wowing your customers. Each episode, we bring you a healthy dose of inspiring stories, funny interactions, and practical takeaways. Marketing and customer experience thought leader, Dan Gingas shares the mic with customer retention and employee experience expert, Joey Coleman, helping you to get people talking about your business. So get ready because it's time to experience this. Get ready for another episode of the Experience This Show. Join us as we discuss using parodies to catch attention and stop social media scrolling, putting your customers first in every aspect of your business, and building raving fans with a generous grace period. Fallon, fans, and fostering. Oh my. We love telling stories and sharing key insights you can implement or avoid based on our experiences. Can you believe that this just happened? I don't spend a lot of time on social media as a general... (coughs) I understand, (coughs) Fair enough. All right, but when I do, I'm guilty of mindless scrolling, just like I know many people are. I quickly scan posts to decide if they're worth diving deeper into. And the other day, I was on LinkedIn and something really caught my attention. I don't know what's more shocking that you were on LinkedIn or that something actually caught your attention. Well, fair enough, fair enough. I came across a video that showed a woman with her head down, so she wasn't looking at the camera, and she was writing a note. You could see her hand kind of moving across the desk. And the post said, quote, if Jimmy Fallon worked in B2B. And I got to admit, I was intrigued. So I hit the play button to watch, and I wasn't disappointed. The video was a parody of a bit that Jimmy Fallon does on The Tonight Show where he pretends to write funny thank you notes to people and there's kind of this beautiful piano music in the background and he's kind of having a witty thought and observation while he writes the note. But it'd probably be best to let you hear the audio so that you can get the full effect. Thank you, B2B sales reps, for using jargon to clarify other jargon so that I can understand what you're talking about. Thank you, keyword stuffing, for making content feel forced and uninteresting. Thank you, social media managers, for posting the same content across every channel. Who wants content optimized for the channel that it's on? Not me. Thank you, gated content, for making me forget why I wanted to access that content in the first place. Thank you, TikTok, for creating 10-minute videos to remind me how badly I failed creating content for YouTube. Thank you, views and reactions, for giving me a false sense of accomplishment. Thank you, pop-up chat box, for reminding me that I am utterly alone in this world. Thank you, autoplay video, for notifying my coworkers that I am watching videos instead of working on what I'm supposed to be working on. Oh, I love this. And as a 
recovering marketer, I can relate, unfortunately, to some of these things. And they all seem to come when we put out marketing that we ourselves wouldn't enjoy seeing. And I always wonder why marketers do that. I mean, when I'm scrolling along in in social media, I get annoyed at things that interrupt me unless it's something that's relevant. So relevancy is really helpful. I personally can't stand pop-up ads. So I try not to do them for my customers. But these are certainly fun and unfortunately all too real. They, they kind of reminds me of the old Homer Simpsonism. It's funny because it's true. So true, Dan. So true. And I want to make sure to give a shout out here early on to the creator of this video you just heard and the voice behind it, Emily DeBrito Brady, who is creative content lead at Sweetfish. Sweetfish is a podcast production agency for B2B brands that does a lot of fun stuff. And I've been following their work for a while now, but was rather newly introduced to Emily. You can also check her out on TikTok at E-M-D-I-B-R-I-T-O-B-R-A-D-Y. That's E-M DeBrito Brady. Folks, the apocalypse is upon us. Folks, the apocalypse is upon us. Joey is not only talking about LinkedIn, he just shared a TikTok handle. Ah, I don't know what to do with myself. (laughs) I hear you. Well, what I really liked about this post and the reason I wanted to talk about this piece of content and this stopping of the scrolling, if you will, is there is so much information out there. And I think brands, especially B2B brands, are a little too buttoned up. They're not playful enough. They're missing the opportunity to engage in a more interactive, in a more fun, in a more playful way. You know, we did a a segment a couple episodes ago, I'm sure Dan will remember what it is, with the folks at Verblio and how they used playful language and kind of these videos from the CEO that engaged in a fun and meaningful way. And they do B2B content writing for brands and Emily and her team at Sweetfish do B2B podcasts for brands. And to me, the big takeaway is if you're still using the fact that you're in B2B as an excuse for creating blah content, those days, your days are numbered. I mean, I just, I can't even believe it's still happening. I can't believe that we still have to have this conversation. The customer experience starts before someone becomes a customer. It starts when they see your ad campaigns, when they see your content on social media. And if you're not creating content that is going to make them smile or is going to make them stop scrolling, then why are you wasting your time? Well, folks, uh, Joey was, of course, referring to episode 156 earlier in this season. Where <laughs> I we knew did, you would uh, remember. We talked with our friends Verblio. But I mean, I could not agree with you more here. Uh, a couple things that come to mind. First of all, B2B or business-to-business companies often make the mistake of thinking that they're just so different from B2C or business-to-consumer companies. And the reality is, is that in almost every situation... They are selling to a person, to a human being. They're not selling to an edifice, to an ivory tower, to some amorphous logo. They're selling to a person. And that person is, of course, also a consumer. And so I believe B2B and B2C are much more similar than they are different. I also agree with you that too many of them are just playing things by the book or doing things because everybody else does them. Uh, You know, I got to tell a joke uh, recently. You'd appreciate this as a recovering attorney because I was talking to a whole bunch of lawyers at a law firm. I said, there is no law that says you have to be boring. 
but a bump because we always think of lawyers as being boring. Same is true with B2B is that just because you're selling a software product that you know doesn't sound like it's interesting or exciting doesn't mean that you can't have a little fun in your marketing or do something a little bit different. And I guarantee, Dan, that there are people listening right now going, yeah, yeah, guys, we know this. We know that we can make our marketing more fun. We can know it, make it more playful. But you don't, you don't understand. We have brand standards and we have a content creation checklist and we have these things that, you know, my boss won't let me create something that's fun and playful. Give it a try. Even do it on your own LinkedIn page and talk about your job, but have fun with it. Be playful with it. Get some different engagement. It will change the conversation. So what can we learn from Emily DiBrito Brady and her video? Well, first of all, have fun. Parodies work. Humor works. Just because you're in B2B doesn't mean you can't have a personality and have some fun. Number two, empower your team. Emily is posting things that make me want to learn more about her and her employer. Now, I doubt she got this idea for the Fallon-esque thank you videos from the firm's content creation checklist for the month. She had an idea. She decided to take a chance with it. She had some fun. She got a bunch of positive feedback on the post and social engagement. And actually, she's gone on to do some more of these type of parody videos, which I actually think are even funnier than the first one. So make sure you go check her out on LinkedIn or on TikTok. And number three, it takes a lot to get someone's attention while they're scrolling. So go big or go home. And in the spirit of Emily's video, thank you, Emily DeBrito Brady, for using humor to prove that B2B doesn't need to stand for boring to boring. We're excited to give you an overview of an important book you should know about, as well as share some of our favorite passages as part of our next book report. We've talked about the Savannah Bananas many, many times on this show, mostly because they're such an incredible example of how to create remarkable customer experiences. And even if you missed some of those previous episodes, if you've tuned in at all lately to ESPN or MLB Network or HBO Sports, or if you're just a baseball fan like I am, you have probably seen some stories about the Savannah Bananas. But what you haven't had the chance to do, I'm guessing, is read the newest book from Jesse Cole, the owner of the Savannah Bananas. Now, luckily for Dan and for me, we got advanced copies of his book, which was just released today. The book is called Fans First, Change the Game, Break the Rules, and Create an Unforgettable Experience. And it offers wonderful insight into the systems, processes, and techniques that the team has implemented to create incredible customer and employee interactions. Here's Jesse with an overview of the book and what you can expect. Well, I believe there's nothing more important in building a business than creating fans. And I've seen this firsthand from starting as a small independent baseball team in Savannah, Georgia, that sold only a handful of tickets in our first six months to now selling out every game with a wait list for tickets over 40,000. We committed 100% to the fans first way and it changed everything. But during the process, I still had doubts about the book. I wondered if we were too early in our life cycle to share our methods. And I asked, would it even resonate with people? In fact, one night I woke up middle of the night and started writing why I believed this book needed to be written. 
And from it came something that was very raw, uh, unfiltered, and I never edited. But this became the fan's first book manifesto. It never made the book, but I'll share it here with you now as a means to why I needed to write this book. We are writing the fan's first book to resonate in 50 years, 100 years, and beyond. This is a book that we can look back on to remind us to never forget why we do what we do and what matters most. A book to remind us to never forget why we started and how we built our company. It all started with an idea and a vision. Baseball needed to change. The fan experience needed to change. We put ourselves in our fans' shoes and started questioning everything. We built a business built for fans, by fans, and with fans in mind every step of the way. We vowed to change the game for the fans, to create a better experience. We vowed that every decision must start with the fans. We believe that fans first is more than just a slogan. It's a way of life. If you run your business without fans, you're done. If you run a business without thinking about creating fans, you're done. You won't make it. Fans are the backbone of building a company to last, but they are hardly ever talked about. There are thousands of books and customers about customers, but only a handful about fans. As I look into the future and I realize that teams come and go, businesses come and go, and customers come and go, I fear that someday that could be the case for us. My biggest fears remain settling, irrelevance, and not mattering. That's what happens when you stop pushing the bar and challenging the status quo. The only way to matter is to make other people matter, to be different and make a difference. That's the starting point for creating fans. We are writing this book because we believe nothing is more important in building a business than creating fans and creating a business that puts fans first. How do you do that? You create something that you would be a fan of. Today, more than ever, companies are focused on themselves. How can I grow? How can I sell more? How can I make more money? It's the wrong conversation. How can you eliminate frustrations for your fans? How can you entertain your fans? How can you invent on behalf of your fans? Most importantly, how can you show up constantly and serve your fans? These are better questions and provide much better answers. Over the years, we've been able to grow more than we ever imagined, and we never talk about growth. We talk about impact, about creating joy, creating fun, and most of all, about creating fans. This singular focus has made all the difference in the world. It's time we all have a new conversation. It's time for that conversation to start now. Put yourself, your money, your growth aside for a minute. Become a fanatic about fans and be patient in what you want for yourself, but be impatient in how much you give to others. Challenge the way things have been done in the past. Break the rules in your industry. Have the courage to do things others won't do. Stop standing still, start standing out, and go create some fans. I have to tell you, I loved, loved this book. You know, early on, Jesse sent me a copy as a PDF. And we have folks send us PDFs of their books all the time. And sometimes I read them online, sometimes I don't. You know, you get a lot of things submitted. But this one, I was so excited for. I actually went to FedEx office. I printed it out and I had it spiral bound. Yeah, I know I'm weird that way. But I knew this was going to be chock full of ideas and I wanted space to take notes. And was I ever right? I mean, it was absolutely filled with amazing takeaways and ideas that made me want to raise my customer experience game for sure. And one of my favorite passages, and I promise you there were dozens, came from the fourth inning. Yeah, instead of chapters, Jesse calls them innings. And the fourth inning is called Engage Deeply. And I quote, 
Four-year Bananas veteran Kyle Lugs knows his favorite fan's first moment. It was during one of our Salute to the Military nights. A child of a veteran himself, Kyle knows how much military families sacrifice when a parent is deployed. So these nights were always special to him. But this night in particular was especially meaningful. On this night, we staged a bit of a bait and switch. To start the game, we brought a group of siblings onto the field for a small promotion. The kid's job was simple, to line up in a row and greet all the players as they emerged from the tunnel. They were so excited, Kyle remembers. All they could think about was how they should greet all the players. What they didn't know was that a surprise was waiting for them at the end of that tunnel. After all the players had emerged, Kyle positioned the kids so their backs were to the tunnel entrance. Then the announcer called the last, quote, starting player. And their dad, who had just returned home from deployment, ran up behind them and surprised the kids in a hug. As Kyle says, he only played a small part in that moment, but he'll never forget what it was like to see their faces light up in pure joy. Human connection is everything. Love is better than like. It's not about the number of followers or ticket sales or customers through the door. It's about engaging deeply. It's about doing for one what you wish you could do for many. Man, that just kind of sums up how amazing the experience is to go to a Savannah Bananas game. I want to remind people, we're talking about a baseball game here. Didn't sound like it, right? But that's the whole point. And the one of the things that I think is so impressive is that they put on these games night after night and they're all different. This isn't a, a shtick that they do with, uh, you know, with veterans every day. This is a special thing that they put together for one night only. And you were either there and you experienced it or you didn't and you missed it. And tomorrow night, they're going to do something totally different, but just as magnificent. It really is one of those things where every game is special and every night is unique. And, you know, I got to be honest, I always get choked up watching those reunion videos on social media where soldiers reunite with their loved ones after a deployment. It's so powerful. And to incorporate that into a game, it's not at all surprising that a team that is regularly doing these fun and emotional and meaningful promotions and spectacles and special things on and off the field, that that one would stand out and make it into Jesse's book. But what about you, Dan? I know you read the book too. What was your favorite passage or one of your favorite passages? Well, I don't know what it was about the fourth inning, but uh, I had a favorite <laughs> passage from that one as well. And although it was truly in this book, very difficult to choose from all of the great ideas. But here was my favorite passage, and I'm quoting here. Finance director Matt Powell was a ticket experience coordinator once upon a time. He came from a background in finance and accounting, but started working on the front line with the fans. He's not typical by any means. Definitely bananas but perfect for us. One day, Matt decided to run a new experiment. He was going to take a different Bananas member, what we call our season ticket holders, out to lunch every Friday. Now, inviting total strangers out to lunch is not something that most 23-year-olds are comfortable with. But Matt was committed. Every Friday, he'd post on Facebook to members asking who wanted to go to lunch with him. The first person to respond got a free meal, as well as his undivided attention. Over the next hour or so, Matt would learn what these members liked, what they didn't, and what they thought we could do better. Yep, service is another way to eliminate friction too. 
During the height of the COVID pandemic, Matt couldn't take any members out to lunch for a while, but he still found ways to serve. One day, a member posted to Facebook that she'd give anything for Oreo cookies and milk. Without telling anyone, Matt went out, picked up some Oreos and milk, delivered them, and then replied to her post, check your mailbox. The fan just about lost her mind. That's what service overselling is all about. I love this so much because first of all, one of the things that Jesse does so well is empower his employees to just do stuff, to just try things. And if it fails, it fails. Fine. We try something new the next time. But the other thing that I think is so important here, and I often say this, that we get so lost in the massive amounts of customer feedback that we get, the survey results, the the data from Google and from our website and all of this big data. And sometimes just a single conversation, a one-on-one conversation with a customer where you literally hear their voice and you hear their emotion and you get their unfiltered feedback it can be so much more valuable. And so I love that Matt has figured this out. And I'm guessing that they have made a lot of improvements based on Matt's lunch conversations. I'm sure they have, Dan. And you know what's interesting? I didn't know that that was going to be your favorite passage from the book. But what I think is interesting is the parallel between your passage and my passage. The takeaway in my passage was the last line. It's about doing for one what you wish you could do for many. I am sure that they wish they could deliver a surprise Oreos and milk to every season ticket holder and blow their mind. I'm sure they wish they could create a meaningful moment on the field every night for every fan like they did for that soldier and his children. But here's the interesting thing. They didn't let the fact that they couldn't do it for everyone stop them from doing something magical and remarkable for someone. And I think if there was a big takeaway for me from this book, it was that. Stop trying to think up the plans to create a uniform customer experience that's remarkable for everyone. And don't be afraid to have one-off experiences that are just absolutely epic. Because if you're doing those, not only will you inspire your team, whether that's your team at work or your team on the baseball field, but you'll also build momentum and increase morale in a way that will make them want to deliver even more remarkable experiences to each other and to your customers. We could talk about this book for multiple episodes, but I want to give Jesse a chance to share his favorite passage. Make your fans the stars. Children want the same things we want. To laugh, to be challenged, to be entertained and delighted. Dr. Seuss. When Brian Encarnacion, as a sophomore, came for our hometown tryouts, he was impressive. He was the best player. Absolutely amazing. Fielding, batting, you name it. But none of those skills shined as bright as his personality. In the spirit of creating moments, we also let kids participate in the tryouts. Afterward, one starstruck kid asked for Brian's autograph. No, Brian said. Then he smiled. Not unless I can have your autograph first. The boy's face lit up as Brian took off his banana's hat and let the boy sign it. By the end of the season, Brian's hat was covered with signatures from kids, each a record of his kindness and selflessness towards his biggest fans. Soon, other players were following Brian's lead. These days, check out some of the players' hats, and you'll see them filled front to back with kids' names. 
Kyle Lewis has changed mementos and toys with kids. A bracelet, a squishy ball, a baseball card of Coach Riley, who you'll meet later. Both his locker and road bag were stocked with these little toys, not to mention the bag of all the mementos he'd collected from his fans as part of the swap. Mike Williams spent an entire season collecting signatures on the sleeve of his jersey, some from kids who didn't even know how to write yet. Mike's idea became so popular with the team that Coach Gillen began making long, white sleeves available to every player as part of their uniform. The players made the kids the stars, part of the team. Coach Gillum had even heard kids bragging about which players they'd given autographs to. Not which autographs they'd received, but which autographs they'd given. As Kyle Lewis put it, these moments are everything a player could want, and they mean more than he would ever expect him. If you put any kind of effort into entertaining and engaging, whether asking for an autograph or putting a little extra sass in your dance moves, fans will reward you with their love and support all season long. Making your fans the stars costs next to nothing, but the rewards are infinite. Imagine what your business would look like if you look for ways to excite kids when they visited. You could offer them souvenirs or take them on tours of the facility, anything to make them feel appreciated and excited to tell their story. And this is my favorite section because, you know, we just finished our Banana Ball World Tour and we had players that literally got their entire jersey signed. And it looked like a completely different jersey because there's hundreds of kids' autographs. And it really has transcended our organization. And every night, you'll see a huge group of kids surrounding our players, giving their autographs to our players. And that impact has been really special to watch. From the author himself, Jesse Cole, straight to your ears. Friends, Dan and I don't hide our fandom for the Savannah Bananas. Not only are they a sports team with an amazing fan experience, but they are a top customer experience organization across all industries. Do us and yourself a favor right now. Zip online and buy a copy of Fans First. Change the game, break the rules, and create an unforgettable experience by Jesse Cole. You will love it. I promise. And I will personally make it up to you if you don't love it. If you buy the book, you're not getting the value, send me an email and I will personally refund your purchase price. That's how strongly I feel about this book. And in fact, I'm going to call an audible here. I know that's a football reference in a segment about baseball. We bought a bunch of copies of Jesse's book in support of it because we think it's such a great book and we wanted to be part of the launch. If you listen to this segment, if you say, Joey, Dan, we want to have more of a fans first culture in our organization. And you send us a message, we will send you a free copy of Fans First. That's how amazing this book is. That's how much I know it can help enhance your employee and customer experience. Folks, let's play ball. Okay, okay, come on, Frank, come on. This is your chance. This is your chance to pitch the team on the new comp plan. You know you've been working on this for months. Everyone is super anxious about it. There are gonna be a lot of questions. This is your time. Time to bring your A game. You can do this. Time to shine. Okay, let's get into it. Todd has joined the meeting. Hey, Frank, excited for today's meeting. Me too, Todd. I, I hope you're going to like what I put together for the new comp plan. There are a lot of moving pieces, but I think overall it's going to work really well. Raphael has joined the meeting. Vivian has joined the meeting. Ooh, that didn't sound good. Can you hear us, Vivian? Uh, Vivian? Well, I'm still here, Frank. Yeah, okay, Todd, good. Uh, what about you, Raphael? Are you here? Raphael. 
Todd has ended the meeting. Vivian has ended the meeting. Ah, what happened to Vivian and Todd? Are you still here, Raphael? Raphael. Raphael has joined the meeting. Todd has joined the meeting. Hey, Frank, I'm back and still excited about today's meeting. Okay, Todd, thanks so much. Uh, Raphael, are you there? Todd has ended the meeting. Raphael has ended the meeting. Todd has joined the meeting. Hey, Frank, Todd here again. Still excited about today's conversation, but I have no idea why I keep getting kicked out of the meeting. Victor has joined the meeting. Hello, Frank. Hello, Todd. Holy cow, Victor, your connection makes you sound like Max Headroom. Uh, who's Max Headroom? You know, he's that fictional AI VJ that was on TV back in the mid-80s. Oh. What? what? Well, I, I was born in 1998. I don't have any idea what you're talking about. Wait, what? Todd, you were born in 98? I had already finished grad school in 1998. Even though... Even, even, I know who Max Headroom is. Wait, is that your connection, Victor? Or are you doing that for effect? What do you mean? Mean, Frank? Oh my gosh. Okay, that's it. We're going to reschedule this. This connection is horrible. Todd has ended the meeting. As hybrid work environments become more common, holding high quality virtual meetings is becoming even more challenging. With 40 to 50% of workers expected to be working remotely at least a portion of the time, the importance of using solid and reliable technology is crucial for business operations. The team at Mitel are experts in creating the right culture and experience for employees regardless of location. Their tools, technologies, and thought leadership on remote and hybrid working solutions make it easy for your teams to have the conversations they need to have without worrying about archaic or ineffective technology. Take a few minutes to visit mytel.com slash experience this and download Making Meetings Better in the Hybrid Workplace, a new ebook that will help you master working with team members in this new environment. That's mytel.com, M-I-T-E-L slash experience this and make sure your meetings create the best possible connection. Sometimes a remarkable experience deserves deeper investigation. We dive into the nitty-gritty of customer interactions and dissect how and why they happen. Join us while we're dissecting the experience. Have you ever ridden an e-bike, Dan? Uh, an e-bike. So that's like a, a bike on a computer? Now it's like an electric bike, you know, one that you can pedal, but it also has kind of a little electric motor and you do assist if you're going up a big hill or something like that. Ah, I see. I've never had a bike, but I've done an, I guess I would call it an e-scooter. Well, I've had the chance to ride a few and I finally decided it was time to purchase one. Our two boys are out riding their bikes. We've got summer coming up. My wife and I wanted to be able to ride along with the kids. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to just go ahead and invest in an e-bike. So I did some research. I talked with some friends who have e-bikes and finally decided to order one for both myself and my wife, Barrett, from a company called Rad Power Bikes. Oh, that sounds cool. How does it ride? Well, to be honest, I haven't taken it out of the box yet. 
<laughs> well, I guess you don't know then. Why Why is it still in the box? Well, it is in the box and I will be happy to explain why, but let me give you a little context. So see, I placed my order about two weeks ago on the Rad Power website. I got to tell you, the process was simple. It was efficient. I was able to see all sorts of camera angles on the different bikes. On the one I ended up going with, the Rad Rover 6 electric fat tire bike. They had 365 reviews for the model I like best with an average of 4.8 stars. They had this great graphic charting the assembly difficulty. And I love the fact that they were saying that this one fell into the anyone can do it assembly, which is why I was willing to order it unassembled. But after placing the order, I got a series of awesome emails. They had great copywriting and beautiful design. First, I got a message that asked me to double check the details of my order. And then it explained that over the coming days, I'd receive a series of emails, including what to expect when I received my e-bike, best practices for assembly and maintenance, and how I could get more involved with Rad Power's community of e-bike owners around the world. Now, the emails came in as promised, and then I got a shipping confirmation email with my tracking number, along with a reminder that I need to be there in person to sign for the bike. You know, we've talked about this before, about how we make our customers wait, and that there's an opportunity to fill that space to make the waiting part really interesting. And I'm going to give you a, a separate example here. I'm going off the cuff here. Joey doesn't know I'm doing this. I ordered an electric car recently from a brand you've probably heard of. And what is interesting is they have changed the delivery date on me six times. And these are Oof. not small changes. These are like months apart. And at no point have they proactively communicated with me. The only reason I have seen the changes is because I have opened up the app and looked myself. And so there's been zero communication, which to be honest, has left me frustrated before I've even taken ownership of the car. And this is exactly the opposite here is you've, it sounds like you've already, you're dug deep into it and you haven't even gotten the product yet, which is cool. Exactly. I am fully bought in. I'm having fun. I'm feeling good about this. And I'd be willing to bet that my e-bike cost a lot less than your electric car. But back to the story of my bike. The bike was scheduled to arrive on a Friday afternoon. So that morning, I went to the website because I realized that I had never ordered a helmet. Whoops. Now, to be honest, the reason I went to the Rad Power Bikes website is because I'd had such a positive experience with them. I thought, you know what? I want to give them some more business. And I could have ordered a bike helmet from Amazon. I could have gone to my local bike shop. But I thought, you know, I want to give some more business to the folks at Rad Power Bikes. And this is where it got interesting. Because when I went to their homepage, there was an announcement saying that a sale was starting. And the bike that I had ordered about 10 days before that, was going to be discounted $300 if you used a promo code at checkout. Oh, oh, I hate when that happens. And I mean, you know, sometimes they honor it if you've already ordered it. Sometimes they say, you know, sorry, this is only for new orders. But man, it sometimes it just feels like, you know, you just missed it. And there's actually software out there now that like helps you identify these situations. But what have you, that's probably not what you're talking about. Yeah, well, uh, the emotional feeling is exactly what I was talking about. Now, I wasn't too thrilled because I had paid $600 more 
than I would have paid if I had ordered it the day I went on the homepage to order the bike helmet. Because remember, I had ordered two bikes. So that's $300 per bike. All right. So what did our recovering attorney do? Well, being a recovering attorney and a customer experience guy, I thought this has the potential to be a very interesting story and maybe be featured on the podcast. And you can probably imagine, folks, since I've mentioned the name of the brand several times and you know our rule here on the Experience This Show, it was fantastic. I called them and I got a voice message that their offices were closed for the day to celebrate Earth Day. Okay. Uh, Well, I'm guessing you actually were okay with that because you were probably uh, out celebrating Earth Day too and and, uh, were both fans of uh, the environment here on Experience This. And it's kind of interesting that you know, you learn something about a company when you hear a message like that, right? You really do. And while I wasn't super excited that they weren't open, I understood it and I accepted it. And I decided to leave the bike in the box because if this went south and they were ridiculous about getting me the discount, I figured that I could consider, I'm not sure I would actually do this, but I could consider just returning it and then reordering another one using the promo code. Now, I want to be clear, folks, that would be a terrible approach for the environment. But it would save me $300 per bike. So it was something I was at least willing to consider. Well, the weekend came and went. I got caught up in other things. And then a few days later, my wife's bike arrived, which triggered my memory that I hadn't gotten a chance to talk to someone at Rad Power yet. So I reached out. And this is where things got really, really awesome. I spoke with customer service agent, Marella. Marella was a delight to talk to. She was warm. She was friendly. She was playful. We had some nice banter before we got into it. And I asked her about getting the $300 discount retroactively applied to the two bikes that had just been delivered a day before and a couple days before. She took my order number and said, let me see if you're in the grace period. Now, when she said, let me see if you're in the grace period, I knew that it was a good sign. Unless the grace period was like, you know, three hours. (laughs) Possibly. But what it meant is because they had a grace period, someone had thought through this problem before. I was not the first person calling in about a promo that had gone into play after the purchase. She comes back on and she says, Joey, I checked the date of your order. And the good news is the grace period starts on the day that you ordered. Yay, you're good. And that was the energy of her response. That was her excitement for me. She processed the $300 credit back onto my credit card for each of the orders. So you got $600 back with a single call? Exactly. Now, this is great because it would be very easy for them to say, I'm sorry, Mr. Coleman, but you missed the date and we can't honor it. And by the way, if you try returning it, and ordering it again, we're going to catch you. We're not going to let you do that either. And, you know, it'd be very easy for them to kind of, I don't know, start off the relationship on the wrong foot. But instead, they did the right thing by you. And, and I'm guessing you're probably already a pretty big fan of this brand. I am a huge fan of this brand already. And the bike is still in the box. So what can we learn from my awesome experience with Rad Power Bikes? Number one, make it easy and pretty to buy from you. The website was clean. It had all kinds of photos. I could see the bike from every angle. 
Number two, communicate between the purchase and the receipt of the product. This is a notorious quiet period for anyone who takes an order and then ships something to a customer. Make sure you're using that time in between the order being placed and the item being received to continue to build the relationship with your new customer. And number three, set up systems internally to let your customers take advantage of promos, even if they're a few days early or a few days late. A grace period for anything that changes in your offerings while people are waiting to purchase your products is a grace period that is going to be appreciated by your customers. Do it and you'll create raving fans, which is what Rad Power Bikes has done with me. Now, by the way, I've got some awesome little referral codes that they gave me that'll save you $50 off your e-bike order. So if you're in the market for an e-bike and you want to experience some great customer experience, send me an email, joey at joeycoleman.com, and I'll be happy to pass along a discount to you so you can be riding in style. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Experience This. You're the best listener ever. And since you listened to the whole show... Yay, you! We're curious. Was there a specific part of this episode that you enjoyed the most? If so, it would mean the world to us if you could share it with a coworker, a friend, or someone that just loves listening to podcasts. And while you're in the sharing mood, if you felt inclined to jump over to iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts and write us a review, we would so appreciate it. And when you do... Don't forget to let us know as we might have a little surprise for you. Thanks again for your time and we'll see you next week for more Experience This.